That's a great question. When do when does one go into the process, right, of exercising their demons? You know what I mean? Ooh. Because 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 really we could be talking about different demons here. You know what I'm saying? Like like I'm not, you know, you could be talking about purging your soul, purging your belongings, uh getting rid of your vices, huh? You know what I'm saying? We're going to touch on all that tonight, buddy. That's right, folks. You thought we were going to talk about some gangsters tonight, but guess what? The only gangster in the room is the guy that keeps doing this to his nose. Don't worry. I haven't touched the stuff. No, but seriously, thank God I never touched the stuff. You mean to tell me that there's a substance out there that can enable me to stay up late even longer and drink more alcohol? Good God. More alert. That's true. I've heard from sources that it's good for, for staying up late. But that's why I just go to the old Diet Coke. Just for the taste of it. And I slug it back and I'm up all night just fiending, you know, and I'm like, night is the night. Tonight is the night. You know what purging, I mean? That's, purging the demons. Purging the demons. That's From what we're talking cock. about. From like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> There's many ways you can you know you purge throughout the day. There are many ways to purge, and there's many ways to binge, and we're not binging anymore. Nope. You know? Nope, we are not binging anymore. I realize you might have the occasional libation, uh, but I myself have have knocked, have have locked that chest. What the fuck am I talking? <laughs> but I'm struggling. You know, I didn't sleep well the night before last. Again, demons, and. Uh, I didn't purge them all. <laughs> Maybe we should start over. You are a barbarian. Every town has an Elm Street. You know, when family and friends get together, there can also be a lot of drinking and drugging, and that's why it's so important to pick your friends the part you party. You know what I'm saying. Meow. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Ghosts and goblins. Yeah, used to be shit house. It's a good change. Got to catch the red eye. Welcome to Comic-Con's podcast, geek podcast for the rest of us who are the motherfucking rest of us. My name is Nick Stevens and I am your host, but away aren't we all celebrating some anniversaries and purging some demons and when we have the time to do so, you got to bring it down. The time, the time, the time to purge the demons. Uh, and joining me on the ZWM Bucks 350 First, you tried to let him go, then you tried to bring him back, and then you tried to bring him back one more time. Mr. J. Clark, give me what you got. Yellow! Yellow! <laughs> it's good to see your smiling face. You look jovial, you look healthy, you look like you got some energy, sugar's climbing, my caffeine's kicking in. How you doing? I'm just glad to be here, man. Starting good. the year off right. 
Starting the year off right. You haven't done one guy. of these in a while. I was about to say, you've been a busy man, you know? Very busy, yeah. You've been purging some stuff, but not demons, <laughs> you know? A little bit here and there, yeah. Yeah, you've also been acquiring some new artifacts. You want to tell the Comic-Cons what you most recently acquired? I've I, I acquired a collectible, yes. Mm, a collectible, yeah. Is he looking yes. right at you right now? Is he looking of right the, at you? Uh, the Superman's kind. Mm-mm. The Chris Reeves, right? Yes, I got. I know I talked shit last year about that statue, but I did. You did. Up, did. You, did. you really did. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> oh my god, I'm full of shit. Yeah, I no, still no. ended up getting it. First of all, for the folks that don't know, they can't see anything. This is obviously more mostly most of the time. It's an it's a, what what do you, what would you call that? An audible, an auditory format. You know, when people just listen, they can only imagine what we're talking about. Like you and I could be naked right now, and no one would be the wiser. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And and so to tell the Kamikazes about this statue in which you were just ranting and raving about probably about a year ago, saying <laughs> the articulation is horrible. Who would pay that much money for it? And uh, and now you've acquired it, correct? Yeah, they had it on discount. You had it. You found it on Etsy. Yeah, on Timu. Okay. On Timu. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about that Timu? That Timu hits sometimes. It's got some. It's got some. Uh, like I've gotten a few things for my son on Timu, like mo- the most random things you could possibly mm. think of, and uh, it might take a couple weeks to get here because it's coming from the darkest corner of the darkest asshole from China. But uh, but no, I mean if it's not supporting a genocide or a war, hey, I'll take it a couple miles down the road. Um, I don't trust it. Yeah, I don't trust it either, but I still engage with it. No, you know, no, I, I used to buy a lot of those. Uh... A lot of shit from the knockoffs, uh, China websites mm. back in the day. But not anymore. Now it's now you're just USA all the way. Not anymore because my uh, I was th- I would keep getting letters from like. Uh, what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean letters? What what what, what do we get? Letters into from right the now? government, I guess. Real authentic letters from said government. Yeah, for the from the government. Well, let's stop this conversation in its tracks right there. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my conscientious uh, guest tonight on the podcast, very conscientious, very um, worldly, one could say, very um, educated, smart, young man, young man, right? And uh, I, I want tonight to be weird. I want to just get weird with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm. When, when I say I'm with you, I'm with you. What movie can you name it? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come uh, on. Is it Payback? No. We're going to get to that. Don't skip the heavy petting and go right to the main course. Sopranos? No. Batman? When I, when I say I'm with you, I'm with you. Okay? Boy, good. You, so got any, you got any arugula? What's an arugula? It's a vegetable. All right, I'll give you one last one. Ready? It, 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 it does tie in with Sopranos in terms of okay. what it's about. And it does kind of relate to payback in terms of not really. Payback doesn't really have gangsters. Well, I guess they have a syndicate. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay, last line, last hint. Ready, uh, Johnny? Can we get some? Uh, can we get some uh, some theme music, please? Thank you. Some game show theme music. All right, kick it in. Ready? Can you name that movie? All right, ready? Here we go. You shouldn't walk down that aisle. Why? Cause you could melt all the ice cream. He's talking uh, to a girl. He's talking uh, to a lady. Rocky Five. No. 
Steve Martin, baby. My Blue Heaven. Come on, Rick oh, Moranis. I don't think I've ever seen that. Holy shit, sign oh, on. Holy shit. Stop what you're doing. Sign on to my voodoo right now. I'll, I'll go ahead and send you the, uh, the login and just watch it. Watch the fuck out of it. It's a great comedy. Rick Moranis. You're starting to regret that introduction, right? To, I mean, introduce me. <laughs> well, it's because you actually like watch films, you know, whereas <laughs> your, your boy here, you know, is, is, is watching cartoons most of the time. Um, and not like, you know, smart, sophisticated animation, like, like cartoons, like some fucking lobotomized de- degenerate, you know, frothing at the mouths, but not in an angry way, just like drooling, just like, you know, and somebody has to wheel me away and put me in a corner and say, oh, it's, it's the saddest thing. He's only in his 40s and he just lost his mind. The only thing he wants to talk about is Batman 89 and Robocop. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of cartoons, I did see that. um what is it? The heavy metal. You finally watched it. Yeah. Had you well, not I've seen, seen it, it before? It was, oh, okay. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I, I got I that. It's like the remastered one in 4K. And it's a, it's amazing. It's pretty cool. Visually beautiful. Yeah. Not sure what the story was about to this day. I think it's several. Yeah, to vi- this day. Yeah, to this day. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I think there's that that woman Valkyrie on the thing. Her name's like Tarna or something. And she shows up like midway, halfway through the end. You're like, wait, is this fantasy? But in the beginning, it's a guy in a in a in a moon galaxy car, like a space cabbie. And then you got John Candy voicing somebody in another cab, and like that guy gets fucking vaporized in the cab, and they're at like a police station. Um, very confusing. Very confusing. Yeah, it's a wild bunch of you know of stories like right together. Yeah, vignettes. Yeah. Animated vignettes. Mm. And that's what we're talking about tonight, kids. We're definitely not talking about Sopranos, a 25th anniversary hit this month. I thought it would be worth uh, a show. Um, and then I forgot it's six seasons, and each episode is like an hour and a half long. And uh, I made it like four seasons in before it was time to do another episode. So I didn't even put up an episode last week or this week or whatever. What week is it? What day is it? Do you know? What year is it, Jay? Jay, this is for the Sopranos you, you're talking about, right? Yeah, I was. I was just thinking, you know, it hit 25 years. People were talking about it. Let's be topical, you know? Yeah, wait for the TikToks. Um, I heard they're going on TikTok. 25, uh, 25 second clips for each episode. You can just watch 25 second clips. Yeah. In order. <laughs> In, In order. Crime. Yeah. Have you ever done that, like with a movie on YouTube? Have you ever like watched a whole movie in clips on YouTube? No, but I watch a lot of uh, reaction videos on YouTube. How much do you think that's real? Like, have you ever watched like the music reaction videos where, like, I'm listening to Rage Against the Machine for the first time? Like, do you think it's like legit that this person has never heard Rage Against the Machine when you watch these reaction vids? I think some of them are real. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard I mean, to tell. I, I listened to like people talking about their Bigfoot encounters. So I don't know if I'm the, the best person to. <laughs> oh, okay. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I do like, like if I want like a good cry or something for some, you know, I'm, I'm speaking of like, uh, you know, exercising the demons. If I want mm-hmm. like a good cry, I'll just watch like a good inter interstellar reaction, you know? Oh, okay. So like that, like, like a, like a person, a random person reacting to yeah. the scene with Matthew McConaughey when he's when he's watching the tapes from his family back home yeah. 
but obviously he's way ahead in time or way behind however you look at it you know you could fry an egg on your head and and it's fucking devastating you know forget only fans forget only fans let's just watch some people cry that's what gets me off in the morning. No, because I, I don't think I cried do, uh, during that movie. Cause I I think it was like the movie's like so brainy, right? I was so in my head, and the concepts are like really high level that um I never really got that emotional. Through. So when I see other people kind of reacting that way, I kind of like I dig it. We recently talked about this in another place. I think you and I were on a plane to Peru, and we were talking about this on our way to <laughs> Peru. How. Interstellar hits way harder when you're when you watch it later as an older person or as a parent. As a dad, or, yeah, yeah, it just hits harder because that's what it's about. You know, when I watched it in 2014, I was like, that's kind of a abstract space time travel legal, uh, but not none of that. All that stuff is just just part of the ingredients. You know, it's really yeah, about, so it's really about love. Because I think when I saw it the first time, I I wasn't a dad yet, so. Now you know. Now it hits different, and uh, and I also after watching like the twenty fifth reaction to Interstellar on YouTube, I realized the 25th. fact that <laughs> dude, that's all I do. It's just watch other people. One react. one one wasn't enough. You had to see like one more person react. Dude, I'm always like looking at the latest reactions, and um, and it's something like in um, what is it like in sales or something? I heard once that. If you like stimulate both like the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain, you know, you're you're selling, you're like a good salesman or whatever. Mm. And I think that's what Interstellar does. Like a lot of people really love that movie because it does that left thing like Christopher Nolan sciencey, you know, space stuff and then all the emotional, you know, Kaboom, I see. With so the, it's uh, got the it's got the lefty it's got the brainy brainy and the and the creative flowery right and the goosey goosies yeah the goosey goosies see you need some goosies no one gives you goosies did we get goosies in Tenet anybody anybody anyone Bueller Bueller <laughs> not so much but I will tell you this another thing that hits differently is when you watch a show circa 2006 or 7 who gives a fuck and uh everybody's talking about it because it's a popular show it's on hbo and it's unbeknowingly unbeknownstly unbeknownstly unknowingly uh to the rest of the population to the world changes revolutionizes tv as we know it and that's the sopranos when i watch that show now going back through it and again i haven't watched the show at all i mean i've seen clips here and there you know but I, I i watched almost i got almost to the sixth season and i just i had to stop because i had to i had to talk about it at some point i was like all right i'm not gonna be able to watch all six seasons before the next podcast but i but i at least burned through five and a half i'm like i think i'm two into six six season right now either way still really enjoy the show but it's through a completely different lens now mm-hmm. now when I, when I first watched it, i was like holy shit i never really seen anything like this it's like a a taut drama about a about the about a man who just happens to work in the in the mafia and he's like a he's a he's a he's a he's a family man but at the same time he's the head of this big family this this crime family and he's he's a psychologist and then so you're watching all these different angles and all his relationships and yeah he's kind of a bad guy tony soprano but at the same time you 
you root for him. And we hadn't really had that yet either. Now we've, you know, since then we've had Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, Dexter. You know, we've had a lot of these things where we're like, okay, but, but this was really the first time getting it in this format, the way it was shot, the way it was done. But I'm watching it now and I'm like, as a dad, I'm like, Tony, you're kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> like, even when he's cheating on his wife, like, I remember watching as a young man, I was like, hey, you know, you got a couple gumas. That's the way it is. And I'm watching him. I'm like, Tony, you didn't have to, like, like, you come home from your mistress's house and you don't even wash your shirts and pants. You just throw them in the wash. Like, Carmela, that beautiful Carmela's got to go downstairs wash your clothes she's gonna smell the hooker on the clothes the least you could do is throw some fucking fabric softener in there you know what i'm saying just just fucking you know instead he's like we got the gabagool like he's kind of i don't know but then but then again you're drawn to him you're drawn to like why he was fucked up and he's got daddy issues and mommy issues and you've seen the show i'm assuming well actually yeah i finished the the whole show like six months ago i just binge watched i never seen it you had never seen it until six months i've ago. never seen it so like f- like five months ago around there yeah oh so and you I, should be you should be doing the talking then so what was your takeaway from everything um i mean it's it's great like of course like the writing the the acting um and yeah james count dolfini he's amazing in that role amazing um but yeah it's it's everything it's all the spectrums you know he's a piece of shit but he's a dad but he's loyal in the you know what i'm saying but he's not loyal because right. he's not loyal around so much <laughs> uh so it's it's like he's a man that just walks between worlds um back and forth and there's like this humanity to him but there's this savageness to him as well right and it's just this crazy um yeah, I don't know. And, and Gandolfini is just perfect. Like he's he so, so perfect, perfect. For, for that role. Because um, I was say, I was watching like Echo, and um, and actually King. It reminded me of Gandolfini watching Kingpin um, because of that, that size. You know how he just fills up that frame, right? And uh, his presence, you know, and. And he made it okay, I guess. You know, it's like uh, just like Kingpin. He made it okay to for us to look at these whatever villains or 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 bad guys, um, you know, in a, in a multi kind of spectrum way, I guess. Well, he human like David Chase humanized, humanized his, yeah. char- his characters, right? Like you, like when I first watched it, and I was talking with, about this with a friend. When I first watched that show as a younger man who didn't have a family and wasn't older didn't have as much life experience maybe i thought tony soprano's little you know youngest you know his his boy was just a fucking idiot and like i'm so fucking annoying but then you watch it now i'm watching it now and i'm older and i have some perspective and i'm like oh yeah he was just he's just a fucking teenager mm. and like that's what teenagers do yeah but when i was in my 20s i was like fuck this kid you know or like carmela's on you know she's so fucking annoying the wives are always so annoying in these shows like and then you're like oh no i kind of i kind of empathize with carmela a little bit <laughs> and uh but like the as far as the humanity of these characters i mean even like his thugs like sill and paulie like there's humor in there and i'm sorry but there's that episode where paulie and chris get lost in the fucking woods in the snow and i could watch a whole show on those two motherfuckers 
You know, like them going back and forth and like hating on each other. It's and like, when they went to kill the Russian, they, they yeah. lost the Russian in the woods. <laughs> they yeah. lost the Russian. And apparently he was like some badass in Chechnya and uh, they clipped him. They, they shot him, got him in the head, but he like kept running <laughs> and they never found. I don't think they ever found him. Um, no. Just Did we going, ever have a resolution to that? I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't think they ever found so. him. I don't think they ever like got closure on that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just it's just so good, and it still blows me away how like for the time it came out, it came out like it came out in 1999, but I didn't really start really rigorously watching it till like the fourth or fifth season. So that was like 2006, I want to say. But it came out in '99. Like fuck it, there's a there's a couple of scenes in the first season where they're on that dial-up internet, you know? Yeah. And then when you go to the Bada Bing in the strip club, they're playing like. By 2000, 2001 or whatever, they're playing, they're blaring that Lincoln Park in the strip club. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's kind of timestamp, but it still holds up in the world that it's in, you know? So I, I just, I thought it was worth talking about on the show because it just, it had such an impact on the way we watch TV now. Like I really do believe that, I think TV would have evolved naturally. And we had, we had shows like X Files back in the day and we had like David Lynch's uh, Twin Peaks. But honestly, I think Sopranos is the show that that fucking changed everything. I think it changed the idea of having a solid, like, 89-hour movie that it would lay it all out for you, you know? And you would, even the way it was shot with those dream sequences, which I know some fans of the show were not a fan of, but I personally love the dream sequences. Um, and I know you do from your admiration of film and cinematography. I know you love the shit out of those. Um well, yeah, I just said they're well. Not only that, I just think they're very necessary because mm-hmm. you know I, I think it just it lends a bit of a a different rhythm to you know to the to the series and a different flavor because it is kind of psychological. It is about mental health as well. Very and, much so. Uh, and we've never we never really put our you know those kinds of guys, those villains, in that in that kind of box you know and uh yeah i don't think we would have a breaking bad maybe if it, if it wasn't for like a sopranos or um but yeah it's uh did you know um ray liotta was offered the role i read that i read he was offered the role and turned it down and then he ended up showing up in the uh the movie that was like the prequel the saints of newark or whatever mm. um that would have been a very different kind of Show and actually the guy who played Sill, the fucking guitar player for the Bruce Springsteen's man, <laughs> he was offered the role of of, of Tony Soprano, and he yeah. turned it down. He's like, "No, you got to get a real actor for this because I'm, I'm a musician. I'll I'll do the show, but you got to put somebody else." And then they and they got Gandolfini, which is crazy because I can't picture anybody else but Gandolfini in that in that role. And also, like what what makes Sopranos, I think, very special is I don't know if I, I could be wrong, but up until that point we just saw like um you know the scarfaces we seen right. like you know the the these mafioso these godfather the godfather we kind of well the godfather does dive into the whole family dynamics but That's true. i want to say for the most part we always see the bad guy kind of reach the summit you know what i'm saying reach that 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 level or get to you know. Well, they're they're played like one dimensional. I feel like t- like 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 
most of the time these mafia characters are played very one dimensional and like yeah. you can get really good actors in the role like even fucking de niro playing al capone and untouchables like de niro de niro's committed but at the same time it's a very one dimensional character it's like okay he's a bad guy and he wants to make money and cheat and steal and he's just not a good guy and tony has all those elements too but then tony the fact that this show has its lead character as this big tough grizzly mafia mob boss going to a fucking psychologist p- played by the beautiful and talented Lorraine Bracco. Mm. Like that whole dynamic, their whole dynamic is amazing. And not even just like the, the sexual tension and the dreams and all that, but just like when he's in therapy at one point, he's like, you know, it's like taking a shit in here. And she's like, I like to refer to it as childbirth. He goes, no, it's more like taking a shit. <laughs> like that whole dynamic is great. You know? Steve Buscemi shows up for a good time. Got fucking Joe Pantoliano showing up for a good time. Yeah. And how about that Pauly, huh? Is that Pauly not like the most likable thug on the whole god? Dude, they're all just so perfect. Oh. And I think Pauly just died, what, last, last year? Or this past year? Or this year even? Last year. I think the guy who played Pauly died last year. Last year, yeah. And I think that's all he did was movies like, like especially after Sopranos, all he did was play mob guys. Tony you know? Sirico. Tony Sirico. We, we always see the story of the mafia guy, the bad guy trying to achieve, you know, that right. status, trying to get, you know, he starts from rags, you end up in riches, where it'd be Goodfellas, you know, Casino, all these great movies. Sopranos to me is like that story of like, what happens when you get there? You know, it's right. very kind of sobering. It's kind of like, all right, how do you maintain this? What what does this life really look like? And to more more boots on the ground or re, or real. Let me and, let uh, me ask you this because this time around, you know, obviously I think that his whole relationship with Johnny Sachs in New York and the the New York Empire and the Jersey Empire and how those families have both been associates for years and they've made each other want money. And there's been a long-standing tie. Like I remember watching the show for the first time. Let me backtrack. This was like back on back in the day before like apps and platforms and smart TVs. Like I think smart TVs were just starting to come out in like the mid 2000s, but they were still really expensive. And so like Netflix wasn't even a thing yet. I think Netflix got popular around like 09 to 2010, 2011. And so like HBO to watch Sopranos, you had to have HBO. So I moved in the middle of like watching the series, like around season five or whatever. And then I had to go to somebody else's house to watch this because my parents didn't have HBO. And I was like, I was staying with them for a little bit before moving into my new place. And I had to go during that summer. I had to go to a friend's house and watch the season finale of this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? And like, I would go with like two of the friends, like friends would go to other friends' houses, whoever had HBO. And like, they would just get together and have these watch parties. And that's just what we did. You know, it was like, it kind of reminds me of like when Chappelle's show came out, like, oh, you don't, you got Comedy Central? All right, we're going to your house so we can watch Chappelle's show. Kind of thinking, okay, well, fuck Johnny Sachs. But now I, I go back through this show now and I'm like, I fucking like Johnny Johnny Sachs, you know? Mm-hmm. He's just smoking his cigarettes. He's he's getting heated, but then he's cool, but then he's heated again. And then I kind of wish him and Tony had somehow managed to, you know, stay dogs somehow. You know, they've been friends for years and but their bloodthirst and paranoia got the best of them, I guess. Although we don't really know what happened to Tony. What's your, what's your theory? What's your theory with that, 
with that don't stop believing and the screen goes black. You know, you think he got it in the end? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you, I don't know. I want to. Those stories never end well. You know, no, I don't. Never do. I don't think so. So I, I just, uh, I just think that they didn't want to uh, repeat themselves in a way. They didn't want to like do what other movies have done because they always end up the same way. But at the same time, you know, it's it's not all roses and and whatever. Um, so I guess the, the creators just decided to let the audience kind of like make that decision, which I think it was, you know, probably not as satisfying for a lot of fans, but I think it was pretty smart. I think it was, yeah, I think it was a smart decision because uh, I like having that open ending where it's like it could it could have gone either way, even though we all kind of know, like you said, rags to riches, then jail or death. Like that's pretty much where these stories always end. I mean, we've all seen Goodfellas. We've all seen Casino. You know what I mean? And uh, we've all seen The Irishman. God bless us. All fucking four and a half hours of it. Those stories usually end one way. And I think it's neat having that open to interpretation. You're like, okay, well, maybe maybe they did. Maybe their last moments as a family right there at the restaurant, the little moments that Tony liked to call out. Maybe that's what it was all about. Right before somebody blew his goddamn head off. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because the, the, I think the characters could, they kind of embody that, like um, that that type of like ending in the, the story that we're used to. I think it was definitely the uh, Michael, like Christopher, um, and and uh, Adriana or Drea, the the hot one that they were like. Oh druggies. Jesus Christ! That, you know what I'm saying that, that woman, Adriana. Hmm. Yeah, that woman in this show. And I don't even know what else she's done after Sopranos. I don't know what she did before Sopranos. I don't even know the actress's name, so help me God. But put a little bit of that sheet's mozzarella with a couple of sliders, and you got yourself one hell of a happy meal. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? What are we talking about? Yeah, yeah, their ending was brutal. I remember. Like her she oh. got so in the woods, right? And then I with can't her, rem- Tony her death because it showed the guy walking up behind her but i didn't think they showed her death Yeah, they don't i don't think they show when they shoot her yeah but it's yeah but he but he sets her up what a chilling horrible dread you know yeah like just living that life and like just which, looking over your shoulder which i kind of <laughs> think maybe that would have been a, a good ending for tony you know what I'm saying? Instead of having that, again, it's like the the creators probably didn't want to repeat what was done before because all these, like I've already said, the movies end the same. But I think it would have been a, a, a crazy ending to to have like Carmela or like Tony have that, you know, have that ending just tragic as shit, you know? Mm, like showing us like their demise. Yeah, yeah. Wrapped in plastic. Just wrapped in, Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Maron. 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 Mozzarella. Hey, she was a hua. Yeah. Oh. I thought I thought Junior was great. Uh the oh, he the, was the great. Well, that's another thing too. I'm gonna get real as fuck on this one. Yeah. Watching it as a younger man, again, the actor that played the uh Uncle June, fantastic. 
But again, when he starts getting like the dementia and he's kind of losing his mind a little bit, it was it was it was comical. Even though there were moments that were obviously sad, it was still kind of comical in a way because he was like thinking he was seeing himself on TV and he was it's fucking Larry David, and uh, he's starting to lose his mind. He's repeating himself, you know. He, him and him and and uh, Tony are going back and forth. But watching it now and and like seeing like witnessing firsthand in my life like dementia with my dad. And then watching this show again and seeing Uncle June going through some of that shit. Some of that shit was so spot on, like with the repetition and the confusion. This mm. shit was fucking, it hits on a different level. I wouldn't say like I got all emotional about it, this this go around, but it definitely fucking, I mean, hats off to the writers and the performances because they really fucking nailed that shit. Dude, the performances. Yeah, there's that scene, my favorite scene probably the whole show is when uh, Tony's sitting at the couch. This is later in the series. I think it's right till the uh, right at the end, and uh, and he's just having this moment moment with Uncle, and uh, he basically says, you know, why why can't you love me? You know, it's and it's that father yeah. figure because that's who who he represents is his father. And he doesn't say uh, anything, but he does get. He, he doesn't does, say anything, but he does tear up. And he does tear up, and and I saw this uh, interview with um with the actor uh, Dominic. Uh, Chianisi, like he admitted, he said like he teared up for real. Like he didn't. I don't think that was like scripted, mm. and he wasn't like expecting that. And it was like it's a real raw emotion coming out of him. And it, and he said that silence would have been the best thing, of course, because you know the the man of the time that he times that he was, and 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 just you know he teared up. It's powerful. Like the performances are just amazing. James Gandolfini deserved every single nomination award mm-hmm. he got because he's just bouncing off of all these characters, all because it's all relationships. And he really you know? is playing. He really is playing like two different Tonys, dude. Yeah, like he said, two different he said, Tonys. He says it in the show at one point. Like, there's dude. two Tonys. There's two Tonys. You know, we got a lot yeah. of Tonys. We got Rigatoni. We got Savatoni. Yeah, it's, it's Italians, you know, and they're very but it's passionate, real. right? And they're right. very like into each other, and they, they, they and I get it because you know I'm Hispanic, and we got a little bit of that going on. Um, and uh, family is very big in your culture, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, like you probably have like cousins and extended relatives throughout the wazoo that, that everybody yeah. is aware of and everybody and everybody's aware everybody right everybody everybody's everybody's story right everybody. right yeah and uh but i wish i had some of that like i like there's a lot of disconnection on my end with that you know mm. like we don't like i have cousins that are like in their 50s and 60s because they were just born ahead of when i was and my you know relatives on my dad's side had kids earlier than when my parents had kids and there was an age difference too with with him and his sister, my dad and his his sister, my aunt, now deceased. But uh, I don't have that same extension extended, you know. Hey, there's a there's little Benny, second cousin, <laughs> and little Wendy, and fucking Aunt June, you know. Like there's none of that. Yeah. There's none of that. And and I look at this and I'm like, ah, oh, it's kind of nice, you know. Even if it would be kind of bizarre going to like, nah, it's your godmother's funeral. That's fucking uncle. Uncle uh, Uncle Benny's uh, second cousin removed, you know, all this extended shit. You know, I wish I kind of I wish I kind of had some of that, you know. Yeah, no, it, it's wonderful. And um, and, and it, yeah, and they're all like embedded with each other and uh, or into each other. They, they, they all they all know it, everybody's lives. And 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 again, James Gandolfini, like he's so great because a lot of these characters 
bounce off of each other, but not with each other. And but mm. James Gandolfini has to like ace every fucking you know scene, whether whether it's Elaine or with Brocco or with Uncle Junior or you know Matt or the kids or and he just brings it, bro. That's every what eighty eighty uh, Falco said. Kind of what you're saying. When they had their 20th anniversary, they had the whole cast together and um, she touched on her relationship with Gandolfini by saying, you know, because she played Carmela, and she was like, honestly, I didn't know him. Like, I didn't know Gandolfini that well. Mm. She was like, I just every time I was with him, it was just Tony. And like we had a lot of intimate scenes together and we had fight scenes and, and, and just dialogue scenes, intense dialogue scenes. But she said basically like in front of the rest of the cast too, like and they all kind of some of the folks sitting next to her kind of like, like what the fuck? Because like there were folks like Chris's character, Michael Imperelli, Michael Imperelli's character, Chris. He got really close with with Tony, with with Gandolfini, but Edie Falco said she didn't really know him very well. She just knew him as Tony, mm-hmm. and like all her time with him was him as Tony, you know. And he definitely left us too soon. Like I feel like there's actors that leave us too soon, musicians that leave us too soon. They have this presence. And I don't know if it's part of the magic when they leave us too soon that they left this craft, they left all this work for us to admire them. But I always have to wonder like what could have what else could have been made. You know? Even if they, they came and they, you know, to quote Neil Young, it's better to burn out than to fade away. I don't know. I don't mind fading away a little bit. Like I don't wanna I don't know. I think it's I think it's sad when we burn out too fast, you know? Before we before we have enough time to leave that trail behind in the stars. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're going to start talking about mortality in about. No, that's great. Seconds, you know, let's. Uh... No, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it echoes, you know, it echoes that those type of characters, that's what they do. They, they burn out too quickly. Yes. Yeah. That's what we get out of those stories, and and unfortunately, yeah, it's, it kind of mirrors, you know, Gandolfini. He, he went too soon. Speaking of burning out, do you think um, Mel Gibson <laughs> burned out too quickly? Do you think he? No, they burned him. The Jews burned him. Yeah! We're shifting gears Mel here, folks. Mel Gibson. <laughs> We're shifting gears here, folks. Why are we shifting gears? Because another another gem from our youth, quasi-youth, because we're older men now, uh, turn 25 or is, or is turning 25 as we speak uh, by the time this episode goes up. And that's the little movie called Payback starring Mel Gibson and an ensemble cast of great character actors, uh, including uh, the movie. This, this is actually the movie that would make Lucy Liu's career, knocking her into the stratosphere of stardom. Pun intended. Pun intended. Knocking her ass into that stratosphere. You got Greg Henry, you know, otherwise known as Star Lord's granddad. You got Chris Chris Christopherson showing up for a good time for a little bit. The movie's the movie is a straightforward one tone, one emotion, revenge, noir, action. I one think it's speed. Like, yeah, I think it's like an hour and twenty minutes tops. Yeah. It's not a long movie. Um and, and I hadn't watched it in years. It was it was a thrill rewatching this for the show because Man, this is like a nice burn. If you guys listening haven't watched it, it's a quick burn. It's a nice burn. It's got it's got that old school noir narration with Mel Gibson's gravelly voice, you know. 
Somebody put two in me and left me for dead. You know? Crooked cops. Do they come any other way? I had three monkeys on my back and it was time to let them loose. Like, he sounds like like that guy in that black oh, and white just strolling the streets, you know? And I was like, hey, why, 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 why not talk about this movie? You know, it kind of fits in the Comic-Con podcast vein because it's... It's not a movie movie. It's like a it's like a caricature of a movie. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like even the, everybody is over the top in this. And they got yeah, some great... It has its own rules. It, it kind of like works in its own space. That's what I mean. I guess it's like its own universe, you know? Yeah. I mean, for Christ's sake, Gibson's character, Porter, the entire time, it reminds me of Jack Burton. The way Jack Burton was just trying to get his truck back, Porter just wants his 70 grand. You're doing too much, man. For seventy thousand dollars, I got suits worth more than that. Uh, <laughs> James Coburn shows up for a great oh. time. Uh, this movie is tough, though, right? Like it's 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 like you you said yourself, it's a banger. It's definitely a fucking straightforward banger. You know? It's yeah, absolutely. Own, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just a special little flick. Some of the comic cons is wondering, like, what is this film? about well you know you got a guy porter who uh does a bust with his buddy not so much val resnick played by greg henry who's kind of scummy and shady and uh they were supposed to do a bust for 130 grand and split it down the middle and uh resnick takes the 130 grand turns on porter with his wife who's a junkie junkie wife shoots him in the back leaves him for dead then porter has to go on the mission of getting his revenge while resnick buys his way back into the syndicate now referred to as the outfit and the outfit apparently is is filled just filled to the brim with character actors that we've seen in movies throughout the 80s and 90s including the great john glover who was also fucking lex luther's dad and fucking david uh, i think it's whalane oh uh william devane william devane william fucking devane I'll let everybody just take a moment here and just Google Wilm Devane's face. That guy. Yeah. That's... And his scene is just great. All of his scenes. And he's sitting behind that mahogany desk and he's putting that lip balm on. And he's like, now, Val, you're a sadist. And you have compunction. And we find value in that. There's things in here that remind me of like movies that I love, like true romance, like there's just these little one-off scenes that are great, and it's in that world, you know? Even Lucy Liu playing the dominatrix girlfriend. She's great, and she looks great. My lord, she looks my amazing. But yeah, still holds up, right? Uh, Yeah, still holds up. Um, I think the, the director's cut, I was watching some uh, bits and pieces of that. I think that holds up just a little bit better because I think the, the, the visuals are a little bit more uh, crisp in that because mm. i think it was a little bit ahead of its time um i don't know if this is a a, bi- a product of you know of having a pulp fiction you know out there a couple of years before and uh but yeah it's i i do love the very monochromatic very cold you know visuals to this because it is a, a very vicious and brutal and kind of there, cold world there's, yeah there's no color it's all very gray and sharp it was shot in chicago on an overcast day yeah and and if apparently, you watch the original one yeah it, well even in the theatrical it's very like dark and not um i haven't seen the director's cut but from my understanding the director's cut is is more like bloody and more gruesome because i warmer guess, too 
Is it? Yeah. Like okay. the skin tones, everything's a little bit more. Because they took, they fired him off the movie, the director. Yeah. But he, but there's yeah. nobody else attached on, to on the credits. No, because the co-director was kind of like a really cool dude in that respect, very professional, and he thought it wasn't the right thing to like put his name on it. Like he got paid for it, but he didn't want credit because he really knew that this was such a unique world, uh, you know, that came from the mind of uh of this guy, of the uh, the director writer, Brian Brian Hegelin. He but he won an Academy for uh uh L A Confidential. Yeah, for writing, he he wrote. I think he wrote and directed that movie. Mm. So like, it's weird that like, like I tried finding finding the dirt as to why they fired him off the movie, and all I could find was that studios thought it was too um too bloody, too violent. Like they wanted to sell a a a popular PG thirteen Mel Gibson. They wanted to sell Mel Gibson. That's the thing. Right, right. They didn't. It's difficult to sell Mel Gibson when he's like beating up women. You know, stuff like that. Right. You know, they had a big thing where, like, the executives were pissed off because the dog got killed. Yeah, so I read that too. Yeah. But why would? But see, even I, I don't even get offended when Mel Gibson hits Lucy Liu because she's a dominatrix sadist. No, he you know? beat up his wife. Oh, masochist. Oh, he beats up the wife. Yeah, in the director's cut, the director's I think they cut. do have they do include it or have it in director's cut, and the exec- the executives were not happy about that. Oh, see, in the director's cut, he finds her, she ODs. Yeah, he throws her around, and like the they they interview the actress, and she said like she never she always thought that that was you know appropriate for the character, but I, I mean I'm not condoning. <laughs> You know, hitting women or anything, but she is a. We do not, we do not condone hitting women on the show, yeah. especially, especially even junky, washed up yeah. wives that will shoot you in the back and take your money and run off with a, with a Val Resnick. But even the actress herself admitted that she agreed to do the scene because she thought it was, you know, it's what the character kind of deserved because she was a piece of shit. Uh, Jesus Christ! Why do you gotta that? say it like that, though? I mean, geez. I mean, it's come on, dude. Like, like he's doing all this to kind of have the, you know, to buy the 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 house with the White House with the picket fence. There's no picket fence. They're like in an apartment. In and they're in the Narrows. I saw Scarecrow walk out the alleyway with all the drugs. Cops don't go to the Narrows. Do I look yeah. like a cop? Do they, Do they ever admit or? Because it's it's obviously Chicago, but it doesn't tell you that it's Chicago, right? It's Gotham City. How many Gotham times do we got to keep telling you they're in Gotham City? I almost thought I I saw the the Batman in that train scene when he fights the the thugs outside. Uh, yeah, no, and that guy it, and that guy working at the fucking where was he? Where was that old Mickey Rooney lookalike like nineteen eighties Mickey Rooney lookalike working where there's like. Oh my God! If, if the pressure gets any higher, these pumps are gonna blow. Like, where was he? What was what was gonna blow? The 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 water mains with all the with all the scarecrow gas, I guess. Now, um, now you saw this right recently. I saw yeah, this basically yeah. yesterday and today. It was a very disjointed right. watch because I had to work. I did some did a bunch of shit for work and I had my son. So, I uh, it was a very disjointed watch on my on my phone, my TV, jumping back and forth between devices. But uh, it's been years I saw, since I saw, I saw it, it last night. You did. You watched it all yeah. in one sitting. Yeah, it was great. And um, now, now, do you do you own the director's cut? Because I didn't find the director's cut on on any platform. 
Um, yes. You Although I did it. watch that one for some reason. I watched like the regular. You watched the one on Prime. Yeah, the one because yeah. that's the one you were gonna watch. Right. And um, but didn't you think? You know what I thought watching this? I thought of John Wick. It is. It it is. It is very John Wick before John Wick. Yeah. Like it's like in my mind, I wouldn't even mind going to sleep tonight knowing that these are these movies are both in the same world. Exist in the same world. Yeah, because I'm watching. I'm like, I can see this being such a influence in Chad and the other dude when they made John Wick because it's all there. It's all there. You got the hotels. The hotels. He he has his own code. He follows his own code. I'm not he's, sure what code that is, but I got you. Don't know, but it's it's seventy thousand dollars. That's what gotta have working. a code. It doesn't you matter. Got, you got James Coburn showing up as Mister Fairfax with these mm. alligator suitcases, and I don't know about you because I think these characters were like added after the fact. Because James Coburn, look, go to IMDb, folks. You won't see his name in the movie. He's not credited. He's not anywhere to be found on IMDb. I feel like they called this motherfucker up when they were putting shit together to trying to change the ending, change the film, and they threw him in there to add some levity. And the same way they threw Chris Christopherson in, he wasn't in the original uh, movie. I think his Chris Christopherson is the big bad guy, right? Right, Bronson. Mr. Fairfax has alligator suitcases, and he says a line in this movie when Porter (laughs) shoots the fucking one of the suitcases, and he goes... Those are my alligator suitcases. That's just mean, man. Like, who that's does that? It. Who does that? It's great. When, when that dominatrix, Lucy Liu, says, I got some extra time. I got some minutes. I got Dude. a few minutes. And he tells her to go boil an egg. So go boil an egg. Oh, she's so great in this. I remember that's... I I, I was ready to watch it again last night. And I'm thinking, why am I thinking of Lucy Liu so much? I remember was she like the you know what I'm saying she she stole the scenes maybe, and now of course I know why because she totally did. She was yeah pretty because amazing in this. this is 1999. So after this she had Charlie's Angels, hmm. and after Charlie's Angels it was like right around the corner she had Kill Bill in 2003, and I know she's done other movies since then. I know she's she's done some directed DVD, Walmart five dollar bin. I think one of them was a. a the one movie stands out to mind where I've never seen it, but I know it exists. It's her and Antonio Banderas, and they're both like assassins. And it's, oh, it's like, like really bad. It's re- like it's like their last names, like their characters' last names. It's like it's like Jensen and Eccles, even though Jensen Eccles is like an actor. <laughs> but like I feel like it's like Jensen and Eccles, Eccles and Jensen, Finkel and Einhorn, Finkel and Einhorn, Einhorn's a man, and uh, it just goes back and forth <laughs> from there. I have certain proclivities. One of them is an adoration, an undying adoration for Asian women. I might be a little biased, but uh, but this one is, is, a, is a nice, nice, it's a nice little gem to have in your back pocket. Mm. You know? It's a nice little gem to have in your back pocket. I also appreciate how she does the Asian accent for the movie. I, I, I wonder if she did it, because this was like her first like bigger, big-ish movie. I wouldn't... I don't know if it's her debut, but it's definitely because she had her middle name was like Lucy Alexis Liu, and then she mm-hmm. dropped she dropped the middle name after this. But, uh, but this was her first movie. It was her first movie. Yeah. Okay, I so, think so yeah. Well, there you have it. I mean, so I don't know if she did the Asian voice, Asian accent on purpose. She did. She did ballistic X versus server. Seven. Yes, it's, that's exactly what I was. Thinking. <laughs> that came after this. 
this that one came out in 2002. Okay, so that came out right before uh, Kill Bill. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, X versus Surfer. Well, she did play it to the bone 99 with uh, Banderas also. Mm. She in that? Okay, I think so. Now, I will say this. Um, going back to the brilliant William Devane Carter. Mm-hmm. I can easy. I would have easily casted him as Bronson, Chris Christopherson's character, even because I think he was just so damn good that I just wanted to see more of him. He's just a great actor, man. He he sits back in that chair. The way he stretches his arm. Oh man, takes a lot of Mati to walk up into the office, start knocking our guys around. Don't shit where you eat, or is it shit where you live? I think it's shit. I like that shit where you live. I like that better. Let's use that. I love any kind of scene where there's a guy in a suit or even a half dressed down suit or even part of a three piece suit and he's put together. Hair's perfect, but he's got some age. He's obviously gone to some tanning beds or he hit up the Cayman Islands over the weekend. He's very articulate, but he's not a good man. You can tell he's done a lot of bad things, but he has an office, a lot of mahogany wood furniture. Maybe he looks out the blinds and he says, Mr. Cunningham, I'm afraid your time is up. We've given you as much time as we can afford you. But now the die is cast and the bill comes due. And just something along those lines. And I'm just making up dialogue here, kids, because this is all coming out of my head. I got guys upstairs with filing cabinets, Rolodexes. Nobody uses a computer up there. Everybody's got filing cabinets up here, okay? People are running amok only when I see some unwarranted cleavage. Until that time comes, I'm just a guy up here, okay? We're filing things away. And so when these movies, when I'm watching these movies and a scene like that happens, I'm like, man, there needs to be an office tucked away in this part of my brain. Again, mahogany furniture, right? Leather-bound books. You get the idea. Maybe an atlas or a globe in the corner, you know? Maybe a a fine-pressed uh militant almost executive assistant who's just bursting out of her blouse anything to contribute to the insanity you yeah. know what I mean? you need a bourbon uh bar too there you need a bourbon bar and he he has to sip from the bourbon can i get you a drink <laughs> or 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 the aforementioned uh, executive assistant leans in and she goes you look fine as he's straightening his tie in the mirror and then he turns and he goes I didn't ask. Oh, like that Jack Napier. Bringing it back yeah, in Jack Batman, Napier. 1989. Ooh. No, but great, great cast. It's a hefty, you know, girthy. Girthy. Uh, girthy. Throbbing, what are you throbbing. It's a throbbing cast. It's a throbbing, girthy <laughs> cast. Oh, man. I feel bad for the women in this world. That's for sure. They're all whores. They're all whores or somebody's mother, you know, at the end of the day. But isn't you know that, that it, it, but isn't that just the facts of life? Yeah. The facts of life. <laughs> but the, the cast life. is simply amazing. You got Bill Duke. Bill Duke shows up for a good time. Dude, yeah. It's a who's, that, who's that cabbie? That cabbie's been in so many things. Oh, the cabbie? Oh, and, I don't uh, see him here. Stegman. He's been in. He's he's another great character actor that's been in tons of things. I, actually, I don't think he's I don't think he's with us anymore. He might have left too. Mm. I think Bill Dukes is still around because he showed up in that Nicolas Cage fucking Mandy psycho killer Norman Bates movie, 
with the second I'm looking at the cast here. They got Katrina Phillips, a bank teller, but they don't have the taxi dude. He was great too. Uh, Freddy Rodriguez, he was like the the dope uh, delivery guy. Also showed up in Planet Terror for a good time, if you if you don't recall. Mm. Yeah, a lot of great yeah. character actors. Ninety million dollar budget, made one sixty something worldwide. So, go judging from the time it came out, not not anything to sneeze at, but not enough to warrant any kind of. You know, extra praise. But I think he did The Patriot either right before this or right after this. Gibson. And then after that, it was fucking off of the races with Lethal Weapon 4. And uh, then he said uh, some horrible anti-Semitic things. And, uh, well, the rest is history. Although he had a little bit of a comeback, I think, with uh, Hackensaw Ridge in, like, the late... And Apocalypto, too, I think. I think Apocalypto was after the whole... Yeah, I think Apocalypto, but then... And Hacksaw Ridge, of course, yeah, yeah. What am I talking about? Passion, Passion of the Christ came out after this, didn't it? He directed Passion of the Christ after this, I mm-hmm. think. Then he said the anti-Semitic things. Yeah, because the Jews killed Christ. The Jews killed Christ, which I guess isn't wrong, historically. It's I a wrong thing to do, yes. It's like, a, well, no, I mean, historically, didn't they, didn't they kill him? Yeah, I think they did, yeah. Okay. That's why... It, they still, I think the Jews are still waiting for Christ. Or the they're, still, they're still waiting for on that deliberation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I might have to, I might have to do some scrubbing on this episode. I feel like we've said some things, and we. we I, I hope he's not Palestinian. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, I was waiting for it. Jesus. <laughs> now we're, now we're up to our knees in it. Okay, now we're up to our oh, knees. Oh shit. Uh, which, by the way, we might as well go there. Um, looks like uh. Looks like our looks like our boys on the ballot after Nikki bowed out in New Hampshire, so it's going to be meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Take a line from a Who song and turn it into something different. And again, folks, let's be real. Biden couldn't even get his name on the ballot in New Hampshire. Okay, so what are we fucking doing over here? All right. It's genocide be, Joe. It's going to be genocide Joe versus fucking uh Trumpy McDumpy. And uh both of these motherfuckers are old by the way. I I love it when people are like Biden's so old. But Trump's like 2 years younger Four than years him. younger than him. Yeah. <laughs> And both these mother, like, can we just get a young, like, I actually was thinking I might vote for Nikki uh, if she gets in there, because I'd be like, well, at least she'd be a woman and it'd be something, it'd be something different. And she's, she's a little younger. She's a horrible bitch. She might be, she might be, but I mean, at least it'd be something different. Like, let's give it, let's give somebody else a chance. I really think we should take this four term thing. And And she's like super in the Zionist pockets too. That Nikki Haley. Oh, 100%. I, yeah. I, thought the, I thought they all are. Yeah, they all they all get that APAC money, you know? Yeah, they all get that weird uh, Washington Monument uh, cult Masonite yeah. money. Biden, you know? for sure. And people are like, Trump won't take that money. I'm like, bro, Trump is the most transactional president we've ever seen. You got that, fucking, take that, money. You got that fucking Epstein money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they, they've all been... They've all been he's, to the island with little boys. He's not on the list, though. Trump, I don't think he went to the island, but knowing Trump, he's such a fat fuck. Like, he would never go to the island. Take, just because he doesn't want to take his shirt off 
in front of other billionaires. Well, he doesn't want to get his malaria shots either, you know. There you go. So. But I'm pretty sure he was like an avid, like, you know, visitor at his uh, Epstein's New York base, you know, home base. And that's our political hour, folks. Don't forget <laughs> to tune in next week. Uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? Um, Cat Williams out at Chris Tucker again. He was on the island. I I believe all that shit is true, one hundred percent. I don't right? think any, I don't think any of that shit Cat Williams said was made up. Yeah, I think ninety percent of that shit might have been true. Yeah. I think it might be ninety. I don't know about him reading three thousand books every year since the age of nine, but yeah. No, but you gotta you gotta push past that. Yeah, because because yeah. they just took out the word comic. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've, I've, because I've read three thousand comic books yeah. since the age of nine yeah, every year. Funny books, yeah. Funny books. I actually don't get to sit down and peruse the funny books like I used to. Yeah. You know, I don't know who these people are that have like families and jobs and they still have time for video games and reading comics. Like, I um, I guess when I commuted on a train, I had more time to read. But now I now when I do go into the office and it's only like once a week when I go into that moon base or that that fucking co-ed prison that I that I work at with with Mr. Powell, uh, you know we got those caged we got those we got that caged heat you know those caged cougars you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. you seen that movie caged it's, was it caged fury or something like that where it's and like, Stephen Hawking sitting in the corner just going. Mm-mm-mm. No, it's an all-female prison. Haven't you? Haven't you been reading the back of the VHS tapes? And uh, we got. Did you, well, how about that Stephen Hawkins, huh? What about him? Well, he's on, in, he was on the island. Fuck with, re, rest with in peace. Bitches. No, there's no way. There's dude. No way. It's he's on the list. You didn't hear I, the story? No, he's he, there was DMZ no, covered it. There was no way he was on that island with me. Dude, he was. They made a special ramp for him and everything. Well, I've seen the memes, and the memes clearly show him. Oh, it's mor- true. And, and morphing was, into apparently, a robot. apparently, Stephen Hawking was a was a freak. Why are you taking me back to the island? I thought we left the island. No, we, we're still on the island. Having we a good did, old time. We did they the mis- news. We did the news. <laughs> I mean, you're just gonna skip Stephen Hawking? Okay. Yes, I want to. I want to preserve his memory and his contributions to to science and the world over. I want to preserve all that in one nice little healthy jar. I want to put it on the mantle. I want to. I mean, I even to... Oppenheimer blew up a bunch of people. Jesus Christ! Already. <laughs> hey, that's a good question. That's a. You know what? That's a good segue. Is that okay? That's a good segue. Yeah. For Killian Murphy, thought, bro. Like with you and I growing up, the old people, you know, would be like ninety years old. Running countries, bombing the shit out of people. You have Stephen Hawkins on a wheelchair, just you know. Well, I remember they thought Bush Senior was old, and then when Clinton got into office, everybody was like, "He's a young man. He's the youngest president since Kennedy." And I think he was like, I think Clinton was in his forties when he got in, or maybe he was thirty-eight, thirty-nine, or something. You want you want my take on all that? On what age? The hot take for for all the comic consies. We might get shut down. To be honest, I'm gonna. I'm talking about age. Are you gonna say something about age? Are you gonna take me back to that island? Because I don't want to take you back to um... the only island I want to talk about with little boys is in Pinocchio when they go to that island and they turn into donkeys. (laughs) You know, it was all. It was all. uh, uh, What they do is they try to get you in camera, fucking you know, a a younger person. That's what they're trying to do. Wait, who's they? They, you know who's they? 
The Illuminati? Illuminati. Black Panther and Pre- Professor X and fucking St- Tony Stark? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's how they secure the, you know, the building, the building rights. Um, the S- Stark Tower? The yeah. Hmm. You know, they get you on camera doing some naughty shit with Stephen Hawkins. Or they get you on camera beating up your girl and they don't let you play Kang anymore. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Oh, snap. You know, I mean. Did you ever see that video of Jonathan Majors just like exiting the vehicle, just running away from the crazy lady? I didn't see that. How is that not admissible on court? You know what I'm saying? The guy's clearly running for his life. Is it clearly yeah. him? Yeah, it's him. But you can tell us him on the video? Nah. Yeah, I was, really. about to, I was about to say. But those those videos that you mentioned are always grainy as fuck. They're usually like monochrome, like you said. It's like watching payback on VHS. Can't make out who's who until Gibson starts talking. You know? Ah, oh, man. man. We are those old guys. Yeah. And now the people that are older are just ancient now. I know, right? It's not made for us. And people are leaving. Like, like we're at the age now where people we know are leaving, like whether it's family or, you know, distant quasi acquaintances. Like, did you hear what happened to so-and-so the other day? No, what happened? He left. How? How did he leave? Where? <laughs> at this age, we have to know how it happened. You know, because we're like, I don't know about you, but I get morbid as fuck. Like, if I find out one of my contemporaries passed mm-hmm. away, I'm like, whoa, so what happened? It was, it was drugs, right? He had a health condition, heart, something. Mm-hmm. Nah, he was fine. Don't tell me that. Because I'm going to go fucking insane tonight. Up all night going like, what if I have that thing? He was fine? He just... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if there's no underlying cause, yeah. I'm losing my mind. What's, what, there's no hope for the rest of us. That's what I'm saying. You know? I just... I just, I never thought about it as much. But, you know, now I got a baby boy. Mm. And uh, I know he's not a baby anymore. He's fucking seven, almost seven going on. 40 but uh but i gotta stick around for him i gotta be there mm. and i have this thought this dread in the back of my mind where like i'm just gonna have a fucking brain aneurysm one day and just fucking keel over or smell fucking burning hair like carmine at the goddamn table at the golf course with egg salad in my mouth get that egg salad out of his mouth i'm fucking on the ground fucking oh you know I'm afraid my heart will just attack me. That's the one I Yes, feel. like Norm, like in the words of Norm MacDonald, that heart will just fucking leap <laughs> on itself. You know? That's I don't know why what is it why I'm just like, you know, obsessed with the heart. I don't know. I think it's just this thing that just keeps working all day and I'm just this lazy motherfucker and my heart can't take a day off. Right. Croak, you know? So it'll just one day be like, fuck, I'm not, I'm out I'm, and I'm, I'm done. I, I just, did this, I did this all body workout at the YMCA with the wife, like about a week ago. Mm. And I hadn't worked out like that. And fucking, <laughs> dude, I was fucking dying. Like I was in pain for three days afterwards. Yeah. Everything, everything hurt. Everything. And the trainer knew that, you know, but she's one of the trainers at the Y. So she's like, you know. Like the trainers at the Y and the people that leave those classes at the Y, I'm saying they're that they, they, there's like a, it's like a no judgment zone, you know? They're like, no, but seriously, keep coming back. You are going to be a little stiff the next day, especially if you don't work out regularly. So just take some ibuprofen, do what you got to do, but keep moving, you know, keep stay limber. You know, I'm going downstairs, everything's all noodling and shit, you know? 
I got a spider body. I got a sarcophagus spider body because everything's all stiff. My wife tried to get me to do yoga one day and it was all fucked up because I couldn't even fucking bend. So bend. did you try to do yoga after, while you were like really hurting from the workout? Well, during some of the, they modify some of the exercises for people like myself that don't do workouts, you know? I was going to say, don't do anything, just do the yoga. Just, just do the yo- do, I did do yoga the once. Yeah, yeah, I did yoga once and that shit was brilliant. I don't know why I've never done it again. I, lo- I really thought you were about to say something like, just do the yoga, because I do yoga every day. And you were like, listen, I did it no. one time. I did it one time. It was the best thing ever. <laughs> It was like that one time I did that one drug in college. I did, yeah. That one drug. Yeah, one time in, the in one college. time it was great. Um, yeah, because I I remember I just like felt like blood is pumping differently. You know, you feel loose. You get like, those endorphins. Yeah, you feel like Spider Man. You can just you know. Did you uh, fart a lot when you did yoga? No, I... no, I did not. Actually, I was I, I wasn't afraid because it was a roommate. But um, I was I I fart so much when I do any kind of like stretching or, you know, Pilates or yoga ish stuff, you know? Yeah, it just comes out of me. That's another thing, too. Like gas just seeps out of me now. I'm just walking sometimes and gas is just coming out of me. You know, like you're like you're you're 80. (laughs) Yeah, apparently I could be like, I'm sorry. What's that? We seem to be down to our last diet. I'm sorry. Our last diet, I'm sorry, our last diet, oh, Coke. There's some down in the pantry. Let me just, now we're doing fart jokes in the podcast. Yeah. Now we've definitely de-evolved. Is it, is it genetics, though? Do you think, like, because I look at a lot of people that work out, and I just, I, I don't have it in me. You know what I'm saying? I don't got that dog in me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't I've never that. had that dog in me. Like, I'm like, right? Sam, I'm like Sam Jackson. Are you we comfortable me, with saying that? If you put me on a movie set, I don't want to run. I will never run for you. Okay? <laughs> I used to take a train to D.C. from Virginia. Let me tell you something. These motherfuckers, when the train would pull into the station, I'd see these dudes run to their cars. So they could be the first one out of the lot to run home, eat some bagel bites, and hit their wives. Let me tell you something. I would never run. And the same thing goes for that 5 o'clock in the morning. If you see that train pulling out the station, guess who's catching the 520 because he's missing the 510? This guy right here. I'm not going to run to a fucking train so I can get there 10, 15 minutes. Like, even if it's an hour difference, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm an hour late because I'm not going to run to a train. And a train is never going to be run from. No, I'm not going to do that. What the fuck do I look like running to a train? You know, and you got dress shoes on, the dress socks. So then you got the shin splints because you can't, those shoes are like, I might as well be wearing fucking little penguin flappers, you know? Yeah, we're so out of shape, but we've been I, out of shape, yeah. You know, I wouldn't say I'm even out of shape. I'm just not in shape. Mm. I'm just somewhere in the middle, you know? Mm. And look at this. Now that, that is in shape. Yeah, that, that, Mike Delato. Mike Delato, what a talent. We think. I don't even know. I don't want to get. No, that's him. That's that's, 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 that's him. And I think that? I recognize the uh, the recognize. signature down there. You, you that's recognize. Mike Mike Deodato. Are we looking at the signature though? I am. <laughs> it's not Deodato. It's Mike Deodato. Delgato. No, no, Deo Deodato. Deodato. Mm-hmm. I thought you said Delgato, like of the cat. The cat? No. No. Deodato is uh, he's uh, Brazilian. Do me a favor, will you? 
and this is I don't I don't mean to expose you I don't mean to exploit you I don't mean to be that guy but can you please for just for, for me for my own ears can you say the cat in the cradle and the silver spoon in Spanish I don't even th- I don't think we have a word for cradle really Chris ah, si, si, la cuna all right, all right uh, my bad <laughs> the cat in the cradle and the silver spoon la the cat and the cradle or the cat in the cradle? Cat in the cradle and the silver spoon. In the cradle. Uh, el gato en la cuna y la cuchara de plata. Mm. Little boy blue and the man on the moon. El, el, niño azul, el pequeño niño azul y el hombre de la luna. Man, it doesn't have the same ring to it when you're singing that song about fatherhood. <laughs> I got that Puerto Rican Spanish. It's not like slang Spanish. It's not that good Spanish. Well, I figured you'd I figured you'd make it work in like the abridged, however it's you know conjugated. I'll just impress you with whatever. I could have said my you know I recognize the word. Azul, yeah, you, azul for blue. Italian, yeah. <laughs> I do. I, I have a mixed matched Italian Spanish. I call it Italianish. Mm, Italianish. Italianish. Or should it be Spanielin, Spanielin, Spalian, 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 Spalian. I speak Spalian. Yeah, I speak Spanglish a lot. Que va panculo, ah, così così. Aspetta, aspetta. Yeah, I can fuck with the Italians, um, like that, because I, the, I like five words. I'll get like three in, you know, so we can kind of meet in the middle. Brazilian, like Portuguese, I don't know. I don't fuck with them. It's just weird to me. The Brazilians is very kind of like melodic. It, it's got a musical thing. It's like mm-hmm. a, it goes up and they'll go like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Portuguese has more of that French sound to it, doesn't it? I don't know. It's like a poor man's French. Oh, we don't like the Portuguese, folks. You heard it here first on Comic Con's <laughs> podcast. We don't like the Portuguese. No, no, I love the Portuguese. Oh, They're just kidding, just kidding. People. Beautiful people, uh, especially Portugal. Great cod. But, can we, uh, Joey, can we get a little bit of the beautiful people by Marilyn Manson in the background here while we talk about beautiful people? Thank you. But the language is kind of off for me. Like the whole like, what the, the, the you know, I, I just mm-hmm. can't, I can't mess with that. You like a little bit of oohs and ahs with your with your lows and and lees. I like the the like a Japanese from Kyoto in feudal mm. times. I love doing that too, but Jen says we can't do that anymore. Like there's that thing that shows up on my TV. It's like a. It's called like what is it? It's like an it's an anime thing. It'll show up on Prime like things you might like to watch, mm. you know. And it's like Sazume, and then it says on Crunchyroll. And so like I'll just be like walking in the bedroom. And I go Sazume, ah, oh, Crunchyroll. <laughs> and my wife loses it. Like she she thinks it's hilarious, but at the same time it's like okay, you can't do All that. Right. It's not the nineties anymore. And yeah. you definitely can't do it on the podcast, but I love that shit like No, it's always it's always like the woman's always like whimper. You know? The fucking Oh. Oh dude. In a minute and a half. 
Watch watch that Ninja Scroll. There's an I've anime seen, movie called Ninja Scroll. I've seen I've seen Ninja Scroll. You've seen it? You've yeah. you seen the Ninja Scrolls? Yeah. I, I love Ninja Scroll. Oh, I can fuck, so I fuck with Ninja Scroll. I fuck with Akira. Mm. Uh, I fuck with well, Ghost in the Shell. I didn't the really classics, understand. Yeah. Mm. But uh, you're you've heard about that blue blue eyed samurai though on Netflix? I crushed it. I loved it. Oh, so good. I crushed it. It was so good. Dude, anything my, Michael Michael Green, I think that's his name. Anything Michael Green, I'm, I'm what's over his it. what's his thing? Like what else he, has he done? He wrote Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He's written comic books. Ah, oh, he did he write Logan too? He wrote Logan, yes. So that dude's crushing. Anything he does, I'm all over it. So he wrote this show. Did he know it was going to be an anime show? Did he write it for to be I to think be animated? He wrote it, yeah, for for animation, yeah. Wow. Which is great. That just tells no. me so many tools, you know, tool set. Have you seen this has been hotel showing up on Prime? No. Go ahead, look it up. Has been what? Has been hotel. H A Z B I N. Has been. It's got some like sexy looking demonite uh, concierge out of a hotel, and uh, it's supposed to be like adult animation. At its finest, and it's on Prime because, of course, Prime has like all the gems, and it just stares at me, and and and, and it says it's beckoning me to like watch it, but I'm a little nervous. Mm. You know, Prime is um, they got good stuff on there, right? I yeah, has been hotel. It's looking right back at me. It looks like it's the same kind of animation for like, I don't know. It's like very cartoony anime, almost like Powerpuff Girls. But this looks very, I don't know what's going on here. Everybody's, yeah, there's nobody's got their, yeah, it's it's strange. I'm looking at it right now. But uh, yeah, yeah, Prime has the deep cuts. Mm. Prime has the deep cuts. That's why I can't get rid of it. And they got that two-day that two delivery, less than. Is Netflix still the, the, the king of the streamers? So what do you think about this whole, like, streaming versus, like, hard copy about the, the corporatocracy not wanting us to like own shit like in ten years time, you know, like everything. Um, like, I mean, you, ultimately, you prefer, do you prefer? Are you okay with streaming? Or are you? I'm okay with not having physical media like that. Really? Yeah, I just um, because here's the thing, especially with like the movies, like even before Netflix, like when I had movies that I owned. I feel like I would buy these movies, I'd watch them once, and they would just sit on a shelf, kind of like books, kind of like people that surround mm-hmm. themselves with books. You read the book, keep it on the shelf. Why do you keep it? I carried my college books with me after I got out of college for years because I was like, oh, I might want to go back through those. What? I might want to give these to some – why? Like a old books of philosophy or my old fucking uh, DVD copy of RoboCop? Like, I don't know. Like it would just sit there, right? Like – and I would find myself, even before Netflix came out, like still going to Blockbuster to rent a movie mm. because I was, I was, and I had movies at home that I could watch. We never bought them. We still didn't buy them. We rented them. Yeah. But I would, I would buy movies. Like if oh, you came, like, 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 like Batman Begins. Like I bought that movie when it came out on DVD, just a plain DVD. Cause I was like, I love this movie. I'm going to keep watching. And I did. I watched it a lot. But, uh, yeah, I'm okay with it not. Being a thing, because I mean, I guess people stopped buying it. That's why they stopped putting them out. Yeah, people stopped buying. It. Yeah, I think uh, um, Target's gonna stop selling them maybe this year. Best Buy is also gonna start selling physical media like that. 
But here's what's going to happen. Like, w won't there be a big clearance sale to like just get rid of it because they want to make money? Yeah, it's, it's been happening like once a year, every year around Black Friday. They do, they do like a lot of clearance sales. But if they're really, yeah. if everybody's, if it's imminent, like more imminent now than before, like shouldn't there be like one big like? Yeah, at some point. But so you can get the, 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 like these things. They cost like thirty bucks when they come out like brand new, like a Blu-ray. Yeah, but is they in the four Ks and all that? But I'm I'm finding those between ten and fifteen bucks. I'm paying for those like a year it, later. It is nice, like have something physical. Like I still have my Quentin Tarantino Mondo box set. I think it goes from like Reservoir Dogs to Inglorious Bastards, and I still have my Alien on Blu-ray, my Alien mm. movies on Blu-ray because I just couldn't. Those are ones that I couldn't transfer to Vudu, and I couldn't just get rid of them. Um, and I have I have a few DVDs still that like you couldn't find anywhere else because they were like they're just not printed anymore. Um, but I don't know. Like I mean, I have a DVD player. I actually have a it's actually a DVD slash VHS player that I inherited when I moved into this house. No Blu-ray player. No Blu-ray player anymore. Mm. Um, so I do need to get one of those at some point if I ever want to watch like the three Blu-rays I have. But yeah, but I, I mean, don't. I I love the physical media, but it, what I do is I try, I mean, if, if I'm really invested in it and the rewatchability of it is very high for me, I'll buy it. But also I always go to like blu-ray.com. They have this, they have this very neat uh, system of like grading the blu-rays there. And if it has a high grading, like I'll, it might be worth getting it. If it doesn't, why get it? You know what I'm saying? Just right. watch it off of streaming. Cause it has pretty much like the same quality and streaming so it's not worth buying it i mean i get just as much enjoyment out of watching a high definition uh like payback for example it's a good example it's a great example but i get the, I, I get the same enjoyment out of watching the vhs version of batman 89 as i do with watching a high an hd version of batman 89 interesting i mm. get the same enjoyment mm. like do i notice do i notice it's a better picture absolutely yeah. Do I, do I appreciate how the VHS copy is a little scratchy and scraggly? Absolutely. In fact, watching Payback on Prime, I noticed there were a couple of burn marks on the film because this mm. was a this was a movie that was shot on film. It wasn't shot on digital, so they can remaster it all they want for like a 4K if there is one. I don't think there is, but that Prime version is obviously a very that's like the home video version on Prime. It is, yeah. Because there was like like little burn mark, you know, the little burn marks when the film changes. And they change a reel. You can see little burn marks. Brad Pitt does a great explanation of it in Fight Club <laughs> as, to what, <laughs> as to what that is. But uh, I don't know. And I have a little bit of um, a sentimental appreciation for that because of working in the movie theater over the years and being in the being in the booth when we'd have to like build the prints when they'd come in for new movies and build the trailer reels and put them on a platter and run it through the projector. They don't do that anymore. And I. I remember when they took all those out and put digital things in, I was like, man, that kind of sucks. Like, like it's, there's no more craft behind that, you know, but the picture is flawless now. Like now there's no more projector errors. There's no burn marks on the film. It's literally just, I mean, it's so it's clear and it's better, but I also appreciate it when films are shot on film, like, like Tarantino still shoots on film. I think Nolan still shoots on film sometimes. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's just it's just different. 
and I don't know if it's nostalgic or if it's like, or if I'm like a purist with it, but, uh, I need to downsize. I need to get rid of some of these demons. I need to get rid of some of my shit. Like, I don't need all these toys staring, staring back at me. You and me both. That's what I was was doing today. I was off today and that's, that's what I've been doing all day. Sometimes it's gotta be done. I forgot what else I was going to fucking talk about tonight. I guess it must've all washed away with the sins of the day. Washed away the sins of the day. It's pretty good. Cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. You're gonna die, and I mean die soon. You're gonna have an aneurysm in your brain, and you're going down the drain. You know, you're going down the drain. Your son's not gonna remember your name. You're gonna be a distant, faded dream. What the fuck? No, but seriously, can I do a My Life? Can I start making little My Life films like Keaton did in that movie for his son because he had terminal cancer? God, this is getting depressing. <laughs> and she'd be like, yes, yeah, son, this is how you make spaghetti. Even though I don't know how to make spaghetti. Your mother made spaghetti. Your mother always made spaghetti. Well, if there's anything we said on this show that made you ponder your existence, question your morality, or your own mortality, just remember at the end of the day, if it's on Blu-ray or 4K, it might be gay. Happy meaning to stay in the moment, not saying goodnight, just saying. It's just fiction. And gay's okay. And gay's okay, especially the gay DCs.